0: On today's Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to be discussing how the Florida Panthers season has basically fallen apart with the holiday break currently going on for the Cats. We're going to be discussing who's returned to practice and who hasn't, along with some World Junior updates. And we're going to preview Thursday's game between the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast.
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And
0: welcome in to this Wednesday, December 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL. Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Ronin. And if you want everything uh, in relation to the World Juniors, make sure to listen to Heidi Kalakash at Locked On NHL Prospects. And don't forget to send in your screenshot of your subscription to the Locked On Florida Panthers YouTube channel and your five-star rating to Locked On Panthers on whichever podcast app you listen to the show to win two free tickets for the Florida Panthers versus Vancouver Canucks game on January 14th. So Cats fans, it's been a little bit while since we've spoken. And I honestly, with the performance of the Florida Panthers on Friday, was just kind of, I don't know if I want to call it the tip of the iceberg for really how the Panthers have gone, have played really this season, because it's just been various different issues for the Panthers, but it, this was this three-game stretch after the Florida Panthers defeating the New Jersey Devils on the Saturday, which now looks like a long time ago, and then losing to Boston, New Jersey again, where you had the lead going into the third period, and then on Friday scoring the first goal, and then really nothing after that. The Florida Panthers season has fallen apart, and I'm glad I kind of took five days to to uh, in between the game here and, of course, recording. And of course, with the holiday season going on and work and everything, it, uh, we're we're lowering the amount of episodes for this week for Locked On Panthers. But the the Florida Panthers season has in fact fallen apart, and it's it's fall and they're falling behind. It, they're falling behind to the point where we don't know if there's a point of no return for this season. But let me bring in my guest on the show. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jacob Winans jacob welcome back to the show on where we're talking about the this panthers team that is on a not so good note as, as of now
1: yeah definitely um first want to want to uh, pre- appreciate you having me back i um, want to apologize for not being on the show last week had a little bit of car trouble right at the holidays um i hope everybody out there enjoyed your holiday break um I know I definitely did. It was nice to rest and recharge. And like you said, um, with the holidays, we all got to take a few days off uh, from, from Panthers hockey and it could not have come at a better time to have a little bit of a break um, mentally, definitely with uh, the way the way things have gone um, heading into the break Uh, a number of things uh, going against the Panthers right now. Um, Injuries. It seems like we we, for a stretch there, we're losing a, a key player, at least at least a body leaving the lineup on, on a nightly basis. Um, some really tough losses. And, and now the Panthers find themselves uh, coming out of the holiday break tomorrow against uh, the Canadians in a position where they are seven points out of the last division spot and eight points out of the last wild card spot as it stands currently. That is a giant hole to be in at this stage of the season. Uh, it's not impossible because, as we know, win, win streaks um, can, can really turn a team season around. We've seen that happen with the Panthers in the past. Uh, We've seen them in an even worse position uh, at at the all-star break um, just a few seasons ago under Bob Bugner and come back to miss the playoffs by just a single point um, in a season where most years that would have gotten them in. So it's not, it's not the death of the season just yet, but like you said, it has fallen apart. It's completely off the rails. And, and now we're, we're going to see what they're made of this this, uh, next, next 40 plus 50, 40 to 50 games. Um, left on the schedule Really a giant hole to be in and, and we're gonna see what this team is made of
0: yeah and you mentioned it uh eight point eight points behind the second wild card spot with washington playing tonight last time i checked they were leading against the new york rangers but honestly who cares about really uh uh score scoreboard watching right now when the panthers haven't even gone on a three-game winning streak this season they before we could even fo- focus on that w- they they gotta come up with so, so some wins and with with and you lose Aaron Ekblad a, a, again. Um, even, even and we'll talk more about a little bit about Aaron Ekblad in segment number two about what what's gone on since. But I I, I don't mind I don't mind Aaron Ekblad going after Oliver Wallstrom who um, a, after the amount of hacks that he got on Sergey Bobrovsky as well. And but just another an, another another blow to this team. And and also let's talk about how the the Panthers players Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett called out the team uh after 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 the the loss on 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 Friday so it's it's just it's just and and this actually and even though they're in a bad stretch right now the guy you traded for Matthew Kachuk and seeing him call out the team with and with the with, the, with their poor play as as well that makes me feel good about the trade but at the same time it's just like man there there's one guy performing so well individually and 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 I I still think the trade is going to be worth it but man it also makes me feel feel good that this this guy is even though he's a new guy in town that that he is stepping in and saying and just telling it how it is
1: I agree. Uh, we knew when he got here, he was going to be vocal. Uh, he, he's not a guy who's going sit, to sit back and be quiet. He's kind of like the, the opposite of Sasha Barkov. And that's not a knock on Barkov because his leadership style is different. Um, but it's just uh, a team that, that is very much led by a low profile, uh, high character, quiet, uh, behind the scenes type of leader. Having that vocal leader um, also helps. It's a, good, it's a good tandem to have as a leadership group. But the fact that Kachuk commands that kind of respect in the locker room, just 30 plus games into his panthers tenure um, it, it, it bodes well for what we're gonna see from him over the next eight years after this um, or, or the, the next seven to eight years with the Panthers it, it's it's a good uh, it's a good place to be in uh, as far as locker room chemistry when he's when he feels comfortable enough to call out the team uh, and hold people accountable that's what you want uh, he's being paid like a franchise cornerstone and he has to lead like one uh, and he's definitely done that uh, it's really unfortunate because there's been a handful of players this year that have more than pulled their weight, are having career seasons, and you really want to capitalize on those performances. And I, I'm I'm thinking of guys like Kachuk, guys like uh, Brandon Montour, guys like Carter Verhaeghe, who have really exploded into top end talents this year, and the the team's record really has nothing to show for that. Um, so it's it's unfortunate. Um, but but the comments from Matthew Kachuk and from Sam Bennett after the game. Uh, we're, were pretty alarming. Um, they they both used the quote "cheating the game" that, that there are players cheating the game, uh, which in essence means there's guys out there looking for shortcuts or or, or not going the not giving the extra ten percent um, on a shift or, or whatever the case may be. It's guys not not winning board battles, it's guys not going for loose blocks, it's guys not back backchecking uh, at full speed or as aggressively as necessary. If players are, are looking for shortcuts on the ice. This is, this is the result you get because it was very clear in that Islanders game. One team simply wanted to win the game more. Uh, the Islanders were were swarming and I don't think there's that much of a talent deficit where the Islanders are concerned. I, I would argue that we have more talent than the Islanders do, but that was a team that was hungry and the Panthers looked like they, like they didn't want to be there. Uh, there's no other way to put it. That was the, the flattest performance I've seen from them all year. They, they simply looked like they didn't want to be there. And, and Matthew Kachuk was right for calling them out. Um, and he's more than pulled his weight all year. He he hasn't taken a night off and and you want to reward him for that. That hasn't been the case and, and calling out the players was, was the necessary thing. I think since Barkov has been out um, in, in a couple of stretches this year, Matthew Kachuk has really stepped up almost as a uh, as a as a one B option as a captain. Uh, he's He's been vocal. Anytime there's a discussion on the ice, he's right there in the ref's ear. Um, he's he's vocal on the bench he's vocal in the room Uh, he's kind of a he he really takes his a A he wears on his sweater seriously and he steps into that role so um, hopefully they follow his lead and his comments resonated with some guys
0: yeah let's not forget that this guy was viewed as probably the future captain of the, the flames once mark giordano was not a member of the team anymore and and also And also the broadcast on Friday provided all the points that, that Matthew Kachuk scored on home and the road. They're almost identical with what he does. So he does it in all phases. So he's leading by, by example as well. And uh, one more thing before we transition is the Panthers have the fifth toughest schedule in the NHL remaining. And, and even, even the, even this is according to tankathon and even looking at the quote unquote, easy opponents, you look at some of them that they've already played and losing, and these are the quote-unquote easy games. Chicago, who they've already lost to. Uh, Columbus, they lost to once. San Jose, they blew a two-point, two goal lead b- before winning in a shootout. Philly, they've lost to. Arizona, they've lost to. So even with that quote-unquote easy schedule, it's just not – it's just uh, – it's just – it's just every single game you just got to not have any expectations for this team and just, uh, okay – this is what's considered an easy game, but with with this Florida Panthers team and how they performed this season, I just, I, I just can't. You just can't
1: go to any game just expecting to win anymore. I agree. Um, the, their backs are against the wall now. Um, there, there are some games that, on paper, the Panthers look like they're a the more talented team. On paper, they may have a better record than a lot of teams, um, but you just you can't take anyone lightly anymore because uh, uh, one off night. Uh, a two-point swing, or in, in many cases, now they're, they're likely fighting for a wild card spot the rest of this year. I don't think they, crapped, they cracked the top three of the division. Um, the, fighting for a wild card spot, now every game against an Eastern Conference team is a four-point game, not just your division opponents. Uh, you have to you actually have to look at the Metro and the teams that you're fighting with to get into the playoffs, in the Metro as well. Uh, a lot of these games are going to be four-point games, and you drop one of those to a team that, that may be uh, not as good on paper, and, and you're you're in a world of hurt. I think the Islanders were, that game on on uh, that game last week was one of those. That's a team that that is right there in the thick of it for that last wild card spot, and that was a four point game, and they dropped it. Uh, and we're coming out of this break in another one of those against Montreal, the team that's right right there with the Panthers neck and neck in the standings at, at this point. If I'm not mistaken, Montreal has a couple of games in hand. That's a four point game um, on paper, we're a better team. Mon- Montreal is essentially trying to tank. They've, they've exceeded expectations this year, but that is a team that is not intending to be a very good team or, or, or compete for a, a playoff spot. They're playing a lot of young guys, inexperienced guys. The Panthers need to handle business against those teams, the teams that you're supposed to beat. Uh, we haven't seen them do it this year and, and coming out of the break against Montreal, it's a good chance to do that because it, it's a must win game. These are all four point games coming up. Montreal, New York, these are teams that you're going to have to compete with. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a dire situation. Their backs are against the wall. Um, anyone who watched that game against the Islanders, I think, I think Jovo post game really really put it well when he's like, you know, some of the comments that Kachuk and Bennett were saying. It's alarming. Uh, it's concerning, and definitely against the wall now. There's there's really no margin for error anymore.
0: Absolutely none. And we'll talk more about. We'll talk more about the Montreal game, and of course, uh, after that, they'll they'll be welcoming an, another team to town uh, just in less than a week later, as one of the teams uh, ahead of them in the New York Rangers as well on New Year's Day. But we're going to talk about who's got, who's returned to practice and who has been recalled for the Panthers uh, on on Tuesday's practice. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting information find all the latest in relation to basketball, college bowl season, NHL, and the NBA. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. Back on the second segment here on this Wednesday, December 28th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on the Wednesday edition of the show. So Jacob Barkoff, Eckblad and Tierney Chris Tierney were all at, at practice today for, for the Cats, all in yellow non contact jersey, jerseys. Uh, he, Paul Maurice did speak about how they wanted to see whether what uh tomorrow whether they will be in regular uh practice jerseys. So, the that actually I got an email of when the Panthers will be practicing tomorrow, they'll be practicing tomorrow at 11 a.m. So, we'll know around that time tomorrow. Uh, but I, I believe Barkoff will be, I believe B- Barkoff will be back, but I'd be a little cautious about bringing Ekblad back after how he was like dangling his shoulder. Once he was going to the locker room, which looked very ugly. Chris Tierney, of course, it su- suffered the concussion in the Columbus game, which the Panthers were down to 10 skaters at one point. And those, of course, those are, those are concussions. It's, it's been a, it's been a talking point of South Florida sports, especially what's happened uh, on the football side of things, uh, this past weekend. But uh, of course, of course, with uh, with, with with those guys with those guys being in yellow contact jerseys, we'll know more tomorrow. They'll be in regular practice jerseys. Radko Gudis was in a regular practice jersey. So, and and Matt Kierstead, even though he was a paper transaction sent down to Charlotte, he was auto automatically sent sent back to to uh, the Florida Panthers, even though he wasn't pre- present at, at practice. So, Grigory Danisenko and Giovanni Smith uh, were sent back to Charlotte, even though. Giovanni smith got into a, an, a little bit of an underwhelming fight on on uh on friday just barely any punches landed but this is the one i'm really excited about and this is one that we've talked about during the summer uh is uh looking to make his nhl debut probably on thursday is anton lefche that we have an episode all the way back like mid-june uh when the when bill zito was starting to make his signings and one thing you need to know about you guys need to know about Anton Levji. If you guys don't know about him, he led the he led Liga, the the top league in Finland in scoring, twenty six goals, thirty five assists for sixty one points, and his uh, and his uh, team Temperi, uh won the won the championship in Liga. So this is this is this is actually a pretty exciting uh pretty pretty exciting uh signing uh signing and call up for for the panthers he's fourth in the fourth in on the checkers and goals right behind Zach Dalpy and Riley Nash by the way congratulations to Riley Nash on being part of the Spangler cup uh and th- and even in this first season even though there's a little bit of groin pains coming to the north American ice still he's pre- this guy is producing
1: I agree I think he looked uh he, he flashed some skill in preseason uh, and, and I think I think it's a good chance to bring him up um, because as we know, when Anthony Duclair gets back in the lineup, he's immediately going back in the top six. So, and that, that's right around the corner. He skated today in a regular jersey. Uh, he wasn't a part of line rushes or anything like that, but he did skate uh, at practice. Uh, he's getting very, very close to returning. Uh, could not come at a better time for the Panthers who have really looked for some help uh, in the top six at the wing position. So Duclair coming back soon. We're really sorting out who's going, to be, who, who's going to fill out those depth lines. Um, now, on Anton Lindell's left wing, it's, been a, it's really just been a black hole uh, without Mason Marchment. Um, they, they have not found who, who's going to fill in on that left wing position. Um, the fourth line, Eric Stahl, he's kind of anchored down that fourth line center role. You know Nick Cousins is going to be in the bottom six. He's played pretty well. Um, there's, the openings are really in the bottom six wings. And I think I think Anton Levchi coming in, he's going to have a good shot uh, to do that. Um, I'm excited about it. I, I think I'd love to see him in the top six for for a spell with Barkov and see if there there may be some chemistry there. But um, I'm excited. He's a, he's a really skilled guy. Uh, not a knock at all on the on the guys who got sent down. Uh, it's a tough position that they were put in. I think Grigory Denisenko really flashed uh, some some talent, um, some energy. Uh, I, I think I think the skill is there. He came within inches of his first career goal, at least two or three times. Um, but I think he'll head back to Charlotte with a lot of confidence. Giovanni Smith came in, brought some, some effort, some energy. Um, his fight with Matt Martin wasn't exactly the, the best, the best uh, demonstration of what he can do, but uh, at least showed some, showed a, showed a bit of a pulse in that game. Not a whole lot of guys take on Matt Martin. So I'm happy. I'm really happy. We have those guys in the organization. Now i um, yeah, with Anton Levchuk coming in, uh, just a, a real injection of skill in the bottom six, and and I think I, I personally I think he's going to produce better in the in the NHL than he than he has shown in the NHL at times because uh, there's there's more opportunity for skill. Uh, he's playing with with more skilled players. He's going to go on a line with Lundell and Reinhardt to start. That's a lot of skill to be playing with. Um, as long as he can be sound defensively, I think he's going to have a good shot to to produce some offense. I'm excited for it. Um, and it's good to get some guys back healthy uh chris tierney was a guy who was playing really well before his injury uh the bottom six he can fill in any role in the bottom six and i think uh guys guys on the third and fourth line they're going to have to play well if they want to stay in the lineup because chris Tierney's right there
0: yeah and let's not forget that before chris Tierney went down him him zach dalpy and gregory denisenko those guys were producing uh, producing in two straight two straight games and they're the game against Tampa, I believe that line was the only one that that got on the board. And I actually, uh, I just text checked my Twitter DMs. I decided to send a Twitter DM to the play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Checkers, TJ Shalat, to see to quickly, like literally like ten minutes before we recorded, saying, "Do you have any quick thoughts on Anton Levji?" And I, he actually replied. I got a reply, so um, gonna read this. Uh, it's a little long, but uh, but worth, worth worth reading. So here here here's the message that of his thoughts on. On Anton Lefji. on record, he certainly started off quickly, getting off to a hot start. Since then, he's cooled off a bit, but the raw talent is, is there. He's adapted incredibly quickly to the North American style play. Sometimes those Euro League guys can take a minute or two to adjust. Not so so for Levchi. Always plays top line minute, and coaches trust him to contribute with guys like Nash, Delpy When when he's there, he's a smooth skater, not afraid to bring the physicality. Neither loves to go unnoticed and get uh, get changes when slipping in behind the defense. He's accurate and knows how to finish his shots off record. I personally think that the call up will be short lived. He needs more time developing in the AHL and the Florida Panthers style of play. So I wouldn't expect them to burst on the scene or anything like that. He's a future piece for Florida, but I, but I don't think he's the answer right now. It, it'll be great to see some experience at the top level and see how he adjusts. Close quote. So listen, when, when, you mentioned it with Duclair, Patrick Hornquist. Also to mention, uh, he was on the ice as well after after uh, the Florida Panthers wrapped up things. He might get a little bit of a, a t- taste right now with the cap space that's available. Of course, once once those guys are activated, right back down to Charlotte as well. Matt Kierstead's going to be right back to, to Charlotte as well, and we're gonna we're gonna be right back to twenty players more than likely. It, it whether whether it's Duclair being. Uh, uh, Activated or Hornquist. so a little bit of a taste right now for Lepche. and with the in, hopefully increase in cap and cheap contracts as well. This is where Bill Zito needs to make his money. We've spoken about Forsling. We've spoken even about Duclair betting on himself after being an all-star in Ottawa. And this is this is these are the signings that you got to make your money if you're Bill Zito.
1: I agree, especially in a position where the Panthers are, uh, as far as their prospect pool, it's a little bit depleted uh, because of some trades. They don't have a ton of draft assets to use. Um, so you have to, to really win on some of these bargain signings. Uh, Levchi is a guy who has the talent, uh, the skill, the ability to do it. Uh, we've had some guys come over from Europe who didn't really want to stick around and develop. Um, a, a guy who, who played at the time on, on temporary and, and um was, was a leading scorer of the league a few years back. Henrik Hopala is another one who, came, who comes to mind, who came over didn't adapt as well to the North American style of play and then didn't really want to stick around to develop. Uh, ended up going back to Europe where he was more comfortable. As long as Anton left, a guy who's committed to to learning the, the North American style of play. He has all the ability necessary to do it. Uh, and I, I'm excited for what he's going to show. It's a really good opportunity for him. Um, playing against bottom six NHLers He's going to come in on the third line. He's not going to have to play against the the top end guys. Uh, there may be an opportunity for some power play minutes as well. Uh, and then two really, really skilled guys in Anton Lindell and Sam Reinhart, who are much better than your average third liners that he could be playing with. I think it's a good opportunity for him. I'm really excited to see what he's going to show. And and what really stood out to me about those comments you just read, um, he, he loves to, he loves to quietly change uh, fly under the radar. It, that is a classic he's a a classic case of a a finland hockey player Uh, under the radar does everything right smart fundamentals and then he he's going to know every trick there is to know about how to how to to maneuver uh behind defensemen he's he's going to be a crafty player that that's what that's what finland puts out and um i'm excited for him if we can get uh we can get a little bit of of chemistry built there on that third line uh he and lundell the two Finns. i'm excited to see what he's going to show. And
0: Sasha Barkov's the easy person to think of when it comes to 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 those traits but I but another player I think of is Etulo Lucereana in the season that he's having and just once again one goal away from from uh tying his career high in in, in goals and just just in, in, an increased role uh for for him as well so just just uh just needing to adjust getting his opportunity even even if it's short-lived but still uh you 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 know that based on the resume from his time in Liga, that if it does eventually transcend, might take a little bit, but no surprises uh, should be there if if he happens to burst on the scene. But in segment number three, we are going to be previewing Thursday's game against the Montreal Canadiens, and also talk a little bit about World Juniors uh, for 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 the Florida Panthers and their prospects participating in in the games. But and we're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment on this Winans Wednesday edition of the on Florida Panthers podcast. Jacob Winans is back for another edition of the show. So, a little bit of a world juniors update for the Florida Panthers prospects, um uh, in, in the tournament. Uh, Merrick sure for Team Czechia hasn't played in any of the two games so far for Team Czechia. Ludwig Janssen, uh, distributed three assists in their 11 nothing win over Austria uh Sandis Vilmanis in their game against USA thought he had great uh pay- pace of play even though he's he's uh he's the Florida Panthers prospect in my opinion that has uh has probably shined the most and showed the most uh pace I'm I mean the 11 nothing uh win for Sweden over Austria I was at work during that so I didn't get a chance to watch that game but uh Ludwig Janssen did get uh three assists on 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 that one but and and any of any thoughts on any of the games that that you watched throughout the tournament I I did see we did see uh we did see I we did both talk about pre-recording about Czechia's five to two win uh on Tuesday over Canada Connor Bedard, as great as advertised but man the the amount of dumb penalties that the that the that team Canada took along with that five minute major that resulted in two goals. In that one, I believe it was Zach Dean of the Vegas Golden Knights' uh, uh, prospect pool that got that. But uh, any any thoughts on the World Junior tournament so far?
1: Yeah, as a as an American hockey fan, obviously it was satisfying to see Canada get humbled a little bit in the first game. Um, I, for the first time, really in the last several years, I'm, I'm really watching this World Juniors kind of with um, not really any special attention on anyone because it, it is kind of an underwhelming year if you're looking for Panthers prospects. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It's just the Panthers prospect pool, um, not as not as oversaturated as it once was. We've had to use some assets, um, and and a lot of our guys are now in the system, uh, out of the out of the prospect pool age, um, where they're considered World Junior eligible. So um, in the past, where we've watched Mackie Samuskevich with with great scrutiny, or Spencer Knight, or Grigory Denisenko, or Hepanemi Lundell, all these guys who uh, Owen Tippett, all these guys who came through. Um, the world junior tournament that we, that we were hyper-focused on, not really doing that this time around, just kind of enjoying, enjoying some hockey and seeing the next generation of players. So, um, it was nice to see Canada take that loss. Um, some of the Panthers prospects, their later round picks, um, underrated guys, and and we'll see if any of them can really flash, catch the attention of the scouting department and maybe earn themselves a contract. Um, Castro is a guy who, who was able to do that, really capitalized on a strong world juniors. Um. So yeah, it's it's just it's fun to see the, the young guys play. World Juniors is one of those uh, tournaments where, um, is it just it, it's kind of almost like like March Madness um, with with college basketball. It's just uh, so much pride. People are playing for the right reasons. It, it's it's just uh, kind of intense passion uh, for, for just really one of the purest forms of the sport you can see is is World Junior Hockey. So uh, yeah, it's been cool. It, it's it's definitely been a a good start. And some of these teams, man, they. Uh, I feel like the the talent gap has closed with some of the countries looking a lot better than they have before. It's not really just a USA versus Canada guaranteed anymore. It's it's been yeah, it's been pretty fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and uh and also also to men- mention uh one one player did not mention Jakub Kaz uh for for the Florida Panthers. Uh, Czech check is right now I'm actually have it on my phone right now. They're up 7 to nothing uh over Austria. Jakub Kaz still had doesn't have a limited amount of minutes for for uh, team check-in more in the bottom bottom role for them no points throughout the tournament as well and we, you mentioned capture Rapuccio in the August edition of the World Juniors played with Atu Ratu uh, as well in that tournament who unfortunately scored against the Panthers in his NHL debut on Friday uh the moment that we saw Atu Ratu uh say that he was going to make his NHL debut it's like uh-oh we we've seen this guy uh play before uh mm-hmm. quite quite recently uh but just uh just it, it the fact like you said the fact that there aren't that many Florida Panther players uh playing in in the tournament it, it's for me it's been more at ease watching these uh these uh but of course we we know what the mission is for the Panthers it's just they're they're in and they are they can't tank because all of their picks are gone and uh looking at Tankathon right now and where their pick to Montreal stands right now not 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 good right now for for the Panthers mm-hmm. but that's a good way to seg- segue to to uh, Thursday's game because uh, our next episode uh, for Lockdown Panthers won't will be on a Fairbanks Friday. We're gonna like we said, holiday season. We're gonna take tomorrow off and then we'll we'll recap Thursday's game against the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, one thing, of course, we spoke about even in uh, even in segment number one, talking about the teams that are behind. Uh, the the Montreal Canadiens have games in hand, for uh, and, but the problem for Montreal is depth scoring for for them. They, they have decent goaltending. Sam Montebo is actually, uh, even though he's the backup goaltender, he's had the better season than uh, Jake Allen statistically. They protected Jake Allen in the expansion draft just a few, just a few years ago. Uh, Coffee and Suzuki, nineteen goals, and then fifteen. Um, the the other Kirby Doc looks to um, looks to revive his career as he's leading the the team in assists and just needed a new uh, a new change uh, a change of, change of uh, a change of scenery. You know it's funny. Some of the Montreal Canadiens players were actually at the Dolphins Packers game on Sunday. Mike Hoffman and Mike Cole Kaufman. yeah, mm-hmm. Cole, Cole Caulfield is actually a Packers fan from Wisconsin. Of course, went to the University of Wisconsin, won the Hobie Baker there. Uh, they're at they've been so they've been in Florida for a little bit. Uh, they'll they'll be playing on the second event of a back to back on Thursday. Which there's NHL games going on on Tuesday and Wednesday. So this is actually this actually could work out in the Florida Panthers favor. I uh, knock on wood, but. The, the fact that they have this much of an extended break to actually get healthy with all the injuries that they have and playing on the second of a, of a back-to-back, part of me says they should take advantage. But then the other part of me is like, Armando, don't have any expectations.
1: Yeah, th- with, with this season, I'm almost beyond getting my hopes up. Um, and I don't mean mean that to, to sound uh, super doom and gloom and, and pessimistic, but uh, the, their past two games have been against opponents coming off of back-to-backs in which their opponent lost. Um, so you would think perfect opportunity to kick a team while they're down, and the Panthers completely fumbled the bag. Um, so I don't want to get my hopes up or anything, but they're in a good position coming out of the break to to really hit the ground running and, and make back some ground, uh, earn some, put some points in the bank, get your season back on track. They have They have a real chance to do that. Uh, Montreal is a team that they should, on paper, take advantage of. Uh, they're, they're hopefully going to be coming into that game near near full strength. Um, we're, we're hoping that the only two injuries, the only two injured players that won't participate will be Anthony Duclair and Patrick Hornquist. Based on what we saw at practice, they should be completely healthy other other than that. Um, with Aaron Eckblad, Paul Maurice said that his non-contact status today was mostly precautionary. And they actually had uh, Ekblad dishing out hits. He just wasn't allowed to take any, uh, which perfectly fine by me. Um, protect protect, uh, protect him at all costs. And then Radko Gutis coming back is going to really help the defense. I, I, I was appreciative of the patient approach they took, um, letting him take a slow approach to returning from a concussion. Uh, he's a very physical guy. His game is all about contact. So if he needed a little extra time to, to, to be able to, not just absorb contact and absorb hits, but he dishes out a lot of hits too, and that's still a lot. That's a lot of uh, human mass colliding. So it just because he's a, a punishing hitter does not mean his body doesn't feel the effects of that as well. So I, I was happy that they gave him some time. Now, now we should have a lot of our, our troops back. I think I think a game against Montreal is a perfect opportunity for them to capitalize and, and immediately get some points back in the bank against a, a team that that's right right there with them in the standings. Uh, it was cool seeing Mike Hoffman uh, there at the, at the Dolphins game. We all know Mike, Mike Hoffman as a former Panther power play specialist. Uh, definitely one of the best snipers, one of the best shooters that the Panthers have had in the last decade or so. Uh, that one timer was lethal. Um, always, always was a fan of Mike Hoffman in his time here. Um, but yeah, definitely no, no friends, no friends uh, when, when the time comes uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night against the Canadians. And I would love to see Sam Montembeau and goal too. He was, he personally was one of my my personal favorites uh in goal for the panthers i hated that we lost him on waivers i thought he had a bright future here he still clearly has a bright future in the nhl uh cool for him playing in his hometown and and a couple times i got to meet him one of the one of the nicest dudes uh, in in that panthers room um so so good it'll be good to see those guys back home against florida but yeah it, it's it's really it feels like an early playoff game um, i got a question for you do you think the panthers go into that one with any thoughts about about where their draft pick uh, is going or do you think that's something the players don't think about The front office just thinks about it because we're we're, not only are we playing for the playoffs but any game against Montreal you're trying to trying to sabotage their draft position it would it would really not you don't want to lose games to the Canadians uh, because those are points that are going to hurt your uh, or help their draft stock and hurt yours
0: I think Bill Zito thinks about it more than the players do they just agree they they just go out and play uh, versus the front office they just uh, it's just like tanking front off. Players don't tank front offices do. So when it, right. when it comes to getting, getting down on the ice or the field, whichever sport you watch. uh, But, but that, I think it's Bill Zito. That's the one that, that, and, and company that really t- thinks, um thinks more about that. But the keys to this game, the, the Montreal Canadians are last in power play percentage. So a, a perfect p- PK is, is necessary. And both in the, in the bottoms of both, goals four and goals again. So like we said, that depth, depth scoring is outside of Caulfield and Suzuki is you shut those guys down that you, you'll, 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 you'll find, you'll find a way to white way, way to win, even in a low scoring game, because low scoring games uh, against the Montreal Canadians, m- m- most times you, you'll come out uh, on top against this team. And like we, like we spoke about losing Montebo hurts because this is actually his best season that he's had. Um, we, you know, of course, with Bob and Spencer Knight, you know, you knew we knew it was going to be those two. And of course, losing Dreger, losing Montembeau uh, along the along the way as well. you You know that the this this franchise is stuck with these two at least for the next three years after that, unless they find a way to to trade Bobrovsky out, which I don't I don't see before his no move clause becomes a modified no trade on July first. So uh, on july first of twenty twenty four, excuse me. So, that it's 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 really sometimes when 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 contracts uh that big or promising prospects of that were highly drafted sometimes you risk losing someone and and sam montempo for for the panthers was just a guy that they they uh unfortunately lost and of course like we spoke about earlier chris streger uh that's really what the, the you're gonna lose good players in in the process and that's what happens with good teams there's still a, i believe really a good good talented hockey team but the urgency the urgency needs to start and begin on thursday so jacob it, it i want to thank you once again for joining me on this and wednesday edition of the locked on florida panthers podcast not an easy one to talk about really uh, the state of the team being as behind as they are right now and it, I, at this point it's one game at a time start start winning start by winning on thursday and then of course they'll be on a back-to-back They'll be facing carolina on friday and then we go from there uh but tell everybody where they could follow you online
1: yep you can follow me on twitter at jacob One eight um win or lose rain or shine i'm i'm definitely going to be uh talking panthers hockey all year uh and and going forward after that um yeah one game at a time and and we're gonna we're gonna enjoy some hockey either way uh thanks for having me on again and yeah hopefully everybody's enjoying their holiday season take as much time as as you can with your families and enjoy the enjoy this time of year and and we'll regroup for some panthers hockey in a couple days awesome thank thank you so much jacob and
0: i'll see you next week
1: yes sir looking forward to it
0: and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the locked on florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed make sure to subscribe to the other shows on the locked on hl network including locked on hl Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden and all of your World Junior coverage with Heidi Kalakash at Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings in local experts from each of the four major sports to talk about the state of their teams and the take of the day. Follow Locked On Sports today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans, and you've been listening to Locked On for the Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Where's your team every day.